Welcome to Respawn Name Fire, the Kickass Reverend Gaming Podcast, brought to you by Affable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael, gonna get the best score in this. I also have another co-host here, Adam, gonna get the worst score, Gumbert. How are you, Adam? It's so funny when you started this because I was like, I'm definitely hosting this episode, and are then you? Chad just starts talking. I'm like, never mind, I did that last week. That's right. Yeah, that's that's why I'm going to win and get the best score, and that's why you just lost your score. You're going to get all the numbers. Somebody whose score doesn't matter, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> score doesn't matter, Cozina. I only realized as we were doing the intro video that I was not recording, but don't you worry. I started recording in Audacity just before we went live. Very good. Very, very good. I'm so proud of you, Alex. Everyone, to Thank celebrate you. Alex's wonderful achievement just now, catching himself, go to kindoffunny.com slash up and comer and nominate him as someone you would love to see join Kind of Funny for a week doing all sorts of cool behind the scenes stuff specifically. He would love for you to go vote for him to like do the OBS cool behind the camera shit. Uh, over at Kind of Funny. That's a really cool opportunity that we would love for you all to show your support for Alex on. I did it. Why not you? Yeah, yeah. please do so. If you have liked anything that I've done over on Press YZ, on Respawning Fire, on my cooking streams, go nominate me, link to some of those streams, some of those videos, and yeah, let's make magic happen. Let's do it. In fact, here's here's the deal. If you are listening to this right now and you are not a patron, patrons, you've paid your way out of the responsibility. If you are not a patron, and we saw from SoundCloud and the the wildly volatile numbers that there are at least 1,200 of you who listened to our episode last week, you are always, right now, either turn off the podcast because you don't deserve us, or go to kindoffunny.com slash upandcomer and vote for did, Alex. Those are your two options. Did 1,200 people actually listen to us last week? It's been, it's so, it's so dumb. SoundCloud's reporting is like, has been off for like six months. Okay. Sometimes we'll have an episode where it's like, you got zero listens this week. And then you actually go to the tracks and you're like, nope, that's not true. <laughs> because you're showing We, we probably, I mean, we probably got a few people that discovered us because of Butt Pretty when that went live on YouTube like a month ago. But <clears> that <throat> seems like a lot of people. No yeah. offense to the podcast, but you know. Um, just respectful yeah yeah anyway uh if you want to catch us live right now you can do that by going into the past and going to twitch.tv slash affable idiots on sunday evenings around 8 30 eastern time if you want to go and listen to us whenever the hell you want you can do that starting on tuesday mornings at 9 a.m eastern time each week on youtube and podcast services we've got a hell of a prediction episode coming up today. We're going to go through the game awards nominees and see if we can guess who's going to win each category well, most of the categories uh, there are very real and serious and dire consequences. If you remember last year, uh, Adam won six months off of both mine and Alex's lives. That's real. Wow. That's real. This year, the stakes will be revealed later. For now, we're going to start with our main quest. Sega is trying to get us excited again, says Andy Robinson at VGC. Sega appears to be a teasing an announcement for the Game Awards next week. On Saturday, Twitch streamer Curious Joy shared a letter she'd been okay you're thank you for highlighting it but it, your anonymous person blocked the text and then i couldn't read it anymore <sighs> let me start over thank you on saturday son of a fucking bitch <laughs> twitch streamer curious joy shared a letter she'd been sent by the game's publisher which included the message quote new era new energy make sure to tune in to the game awards december 7th 
Sega's invitation was pretty vague, but many fans had their own theories as to what the announcement might be. Some believe that Sega will reveal its super game for the first time. Hold, please. Do either of you know what this super game is a reference to? Yeah, this is something that has been talked about for a little while now. Basically, like a year, a year and a half ago, Sega came out and was like, yeah, we're in the process of working on a super game that will be, you know, if video games are normally at the AAA level, we are going to make a quadruple A level oh game. Oh my God, that's I'm so tired of people saying game. that. And it's not clear what the game is going to be. The problem is, is like, you know, Sega has some pretty big franchises. They have Sonic, they have Yakuza, they have Persona. They have some like pretty valuable IP that are sitting in the vault like Crazy Taxi. It's kind of hard to see how they could take any one of these individual franchises and elevate them to that quadruple A level, which I feel has led to a lot of kind of speculation of what exactly do they mean by a super game? Well, here's the but thing. We'll see. This is controversial, but Sega's never even made a triple A game. Sega fucking mm. sucks. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, boo. Yakuza, never played it, therefore it sucks. Persona, this is all, for, all for those anime of you that cartoons. are listening to the podcast for the first time, this is all parody. Chad actually loves Sega. Okay, he first of all, their first of all, my immediately my immediate thought of Dreamcast 2. They're announcing they're getting back into the hardware biz with Dreamcast 2. Dreamcast 2. <laughs> or back. a Dreamcast Classic, in which case I would 100% drop some money on a Dreamcast Classic. Mm. Uh, but no, that's definitely not going to be this. It's going to be some kind of game that um, everyone's like, oh, or blends in with a lot of other games that we've seen recently. Like, oh, that, I guess everything's quadruple A now if that's what a quadruple A is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be I'm whatever gonna make- it is, I'm going to be disappointed by it. I'm going to make a prediction right here, right now. I think it's the opposite of Sega's much-discussed super game. I think it's going to be a weird, funny announcement akin to a lot of the announcements that we've gotten out of those Sonic livestream directs, where it's like, oh man, we're making a new Sonic Lego set where it's Sonic the Hedgehog and Dr. Robotnik mashed together into one super weird-looking set. Or like we've gotten like Sonic lunchboxes, Sonic cool ice like chains that you can wear around your neck. It's going to be something like that. I'm calling it now. Adam, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, the problem is where they say new era, new energy. I'm like, are they trying to be... It's going to be completely unrelated to what they actually show because it's going to be like, oh, yeah. I don't know. You would assume new era, new energy means a new IP, mm-hmm. new video, just something new. Because if so. you're like, oh, here's another Sonic thing, well, that's not new. <laughs> that's not a new energy. New era, that's new, new era. energy to me feels like, hey, we're taking this old-ass game, bringing it into a new era... And revitalizing mm-hmm. it with a different energy, a new type of energy that it's never had in that franchise before. Like, that's how I read that. Either that, or it is a new era hat that has energy drinks tied yeah. to the side of it with a straw. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say, well, fuck. It's not Hyenas, because that apparently was their highest, or their most expensive game ever, and they canceled that a couple months mm, ago. Right. I'm going to say it's a Sega Genesis Mini 2, or a Sega Dream. <laughs> Some, it's, a, it's one of those mini consoles or whatever. Everyone's like, ooh. Ooh, fun. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, I'm going to pay $40,000 for it right now. And then in three months, they're going to be trying to get rid of it at $19.99 on Best Buy clearance. And Kohl's is going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to preface this by saying, I don't think this is actually likely to be the case, but follow me here. Okay. Uh, I did a little bit of internet sleuthing, and it seems like many of the content creators that got this new era, new center, new energy letter in the mail from Sega were a little bit more fighting game oriented in terms of the kinds of games they cover. Like Maximilian Dude 
was one of the people that received this thing. And that's gotten me thinking, you know, Sonic has talked a lot about wanting to create the super game. Typically, when we think about super games nowadays, the kind of games that we would classify as super games, we think about games like Fortnite, for example, or Call of Duty, which are games that are known for their incredible amount of collaborations, incredible amount of guest characters. A video game genre that features a lot of collaborations, a lot of crossovers, guest characters, are fighting games. What if, what if so, uh, Sega's upcoming super game is a big crossover mascot fighting game that brings all of its IP together like that? I can't. That would be crazy. It can't. Here's the thing. It would be not be as everyone's compared to Smash, whatever. I will say the Seg, uh, Sonic Sega All-Stars, whatever, their knockoff Mario Kart yeah. game is actually really good. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. Sonic Shuffle, the Maybe. knockoff uh, Mario Party game for Sega Dreamcast, also very good. They could do it. But here's the thing. I mean, you have the, the indie fighter game. The one where like Shovel Knight is in it and all this shit. You have the Nickelodeon one that now costs money to play. You have the WB one. Like all of these are struggling to find an audience. Even Smash is like, I mean, no one's playing Smash right now because it's been up forever and they got their fill. But is there room for a Sega? Especially because Sonic was pro like, however Sonic feels in this game, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to feel as good as he does in Smash. He's already hey, Chad, I got four words for you. Yeah. New era, new oh, energy. Shit, of course right. it'll work. Of course it will. It's a new uh, era, baby. Before we move on, I just want to get that in here real quick. I did a little bit of further research, and people are saying probably if it is, if it being sent to like fighting game people in the industry is intentional on Sega's part, it's probably a Virtua Fighter 6 announcement or some sort of Virtua right. Fighter announcement because that is a fighting game owned by Sega, and mm. I have no attachment to it, but I guess that's probably most likely what this is. Another fighting game to ignore, everyone. Get excited. Vir December 7th. Does Virtual Fighter to you sound like uh, there's a movie and they needed to use an unlicensed off-brand fighting game name in order to use in their movie to represent... Space Pilots and Virtual <laughs> Fighter. Those arcade cabinets are right next to each yep. other. Yep. Back in the day, Virtual Fighter was really big. Like in Japan, the, the Sega Saturn is best remembered as being kind of a, a failure in the United States and North America. But in Japan, like Virtual Fighter really carried the Sega Saturn and actually made it much more popular there than it was here. But I, I don't really hear about it much in like the modern era. Well, we will see in just a few short days when the Game Awards comes around on Thursday, December 7th is the date of that. At some time, Pacific time. Uh, we'll find out about that. We'll move on right now to look at the chat. D Smitty Game says, pee pee poopy peas. Adam Gumby says, ha ha piss poop. Come on, join the potty humor in the chat, everyone, on twitch.tv slash is every Sunday around 8.30 Eastern. We're going to move now into playtime, where we talk about what we played this week, because that's what playtime means. We're going to start with Adam, who looks like Red Dead Redemption 2. Is that what you played? Tell me about it. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, who added this to my thing down here? Stiga. Stugats. Uh, Stugats. I do like Stugats. No, R2. So, this weekend, there's a little surprise drop on, drop on Game Pass. Everyone's like, what? This game's here now? Uh, Remnant 1 and uh, Remnant 2 yes. just randomly oh. dropped on Game Pass one day. Um, and this weekend, I played with uh, John, old John Hansen from over there on Pixel Street. Mm-hmm. 
and from Tim DeMuseum. I know you remember oh, him. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> the museum. His last name is DeMuse. Don't know why he called him Museum, but here we are. That's his nickname now. Uh, because we played some because he is DeMuse Tim, I think, was his name. And so mm-hmm. Muse Tim looks like museum with a T in it or something like that. The museum. Place. Yeah. Obviously. Don't be idiots, people. Yeah. But no, we played some <laughs> Remnant 2. Uh I see why it got nominated and people really dig this game. The game's really good. Um, I tried playing it solo, and I think it's fine solo. Basically, what Remnant 2 is, it's like, it's a lot of Dark Souls mechanics, but it's all mostly me- uh, shooting combat, yeah. third-person shooting. There is melee in it as well. Um, but the cool thing about the game is there's just like, the conceit of the game is just these crystals that transports you to other worlds. Um, so whenever I started my game, and when John started his game, we both started in completely different parts of the game. But we were both on our first level, Ooh. and it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about or where you are. Um, Interesting. You just do different things. So it can start you off in, like, however many worlds there are, and you just get a random one. But, yeah, we just got together, three-player co-op, um, ran through, had a lot of really cool boss fights, um, got some good loot together, made our build. It's really, really good. Like, it's really, really good. I think, specifically, co-op. Where we had the most fun. Because we were struggling, like, with a boss. Yeah. And then you get in co-op, and you're just, like, destroying people, and it feels so much better. Uh, until you get to an actual hard boss that happened to be a puzzle that we uh, struggle with. But whatever. It's fine. Remnant 2. Super good. I see why people are giving it buzz. Because it is legit really awesome. And it's a game on Game Pass, and I'm very happy it did. Because I never would have played it any other way. But I'm happy. It's very good. I have three questions for you. One of mm-hmm. them. Um, is it crossplay? Did you find the answer to that? Yeah, I kept looking on Reddits and looking like in the Remnant Reddit. It seems like an update that is coming very soon. There's not a date, but it's like, yes, we know that people want to do this. They're talking about their other apps. Like, it's supposed to be coming, I'm assuming, by the end of the year. I don't know when, but the developers are like, yes, we're putting it in the game. So it will be there at some point. I don't know when, because I would love to play with other people. Well, I picked it up on PlayStation for Black Friday. And so if there's anyone else out there who also paid money for it instead of getting on a Game Pass, let me know. I'll squat up with you two second it's question mm-hmm. um does is it the kind of game where if you're like three four 12 50 hours into the game and i'm just starting can we play together or do we kind of have to be yeah, well, the same pace i don't know that much discrepancy oh my but God. he was i mean okay so tim was like a level 11 and john was like level eight and i was level nine and we were fine okay. we all played together and it takes, like, a good amount of time to get levels up. Um, it does do the thing where only game, like, story progression is only for the host. Ah, but that's our what character I was level, That was my third question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do that. But the character level and um, gear and everything stays with you no matter what. So, yeah. still so leveling up and still getting If good, the three so. of us were to play together in your, ho- in your game and Alex and I join you and we beat the whole game... And then Alex and I are like, let me go play by myself or with a different group of people. All that progress is lost aside from our character level. Yeah. You'll just have super fucking powerful characters with uh, the best guns in the game, but you'll have to start the story over. But apparently there's okay. a way to like re-roll and like get a new story anyways. If you're like, I don't like to speak any world, let me re-roll and get a different world to start in. Okay. So I guess it's a mechanic. I don't know. Okay. Was so Alex, if anyone reaches something? out to me and you bought it on PlayStation, I, I don't you better be in interest, it. But it sounds cool. You better be in it for the long haul. Because I am not going to start this game on somebody else's server and then not be able to finish it. <sighs> mm-hmm. All right, but it might cool. be a thing. I don't know. It might be a thing where it's like Destiny, where like you can beat the campaign in like a ten hours, a dozen hours, yeah. and then you're just dicking around in the world getting gear. So maybe the story stuff doesn't matter. I don't know. I'm cool. not there yet. 
So we'll see. Uh, and again, I don't know who added this extra letters on here. Suck the gushers away. <laughs> I what is do love a gusher. It was supposed to just be an S, but it's for Sea of Stars. Oh, I started nice. that. Oh, nice. um, oh TGA is the Game third. Awards. Did somebody mean to type yep. Game Awards somewhere else? And Yeah, I put it up here and then it came down here. Whatever okay. it is, what it is. Yeah, I started Sea of Stars because I was like... I wanted to get that and Alan Wake is a game I need to play for Barf, but I, Steve Stars was already on my list anyways, so I was like, you know what, I'll just go and start fucking with it, because I'm just waiting, I'm really just waiting to see if there's an Alan Wake 2 sale during the Game Awards, because yeah. a lot of times they have sales, but if not, I'll just buy it on Monday, it is what it is. Oh, that's a good point, so yeah, I started playing a lot of things that get nominated end up being on sale in the stores that get week. on yeah. sales. Yeah, so we'll see. But no, I started playing Sea of Stars about three hours in, uh, right now I just ran into the Pirates. Dope. Cool. So I don't know how far into the story that is, but I definitely used all the little artifacts to make it easy because I'm like, I don't want to grind out these battles. I just want to get through the story stuff. So it's like all of the relics that are just like, make it easy. Absolutely. Put yeah. that on. <laughs> Heal immediately. hundred percent health. Let's go. Um, but yeah, having a good time with that. Again, only three hours in. So we'll see how it keeps going. But I chose to be the brother because I wanted a sword. So I cool. did that. By the way, that that choice, they even tell you right off the bat, that choice means nothing. Doesn't you matter. can swap it at any yeah. time. It's just whoever's leading the pack, whoever's walking. <laughs> yeah, whoever's walking in front. Yeah. But yeah, I've got Garl with me, adult Garl. Um, Garl's the fucking got best. The, he's pretty Garl cool, dude. Garl for life. I, I'm looking forward to when we can finally do a uh, spoiler cast Same. on this game. Because I have some thoughts on some of the companions in this game that might be unpopular. Before we get but to Alex's that hoe over else. there, we're going to say, <laughs> Jacob McCourt says in the chat, yes, you get 5% off crying with laughter emoji. For I'll the game take 5%. So. <laughs> better than 0%, Jacob, let me that's tell true, you. That's true. Uh, Alex, tell <laughs> us yeah. about your thoughts over there on uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. So, uh, inspired by our discussion on Hi-Fi Rush on the previous episode of the podcast, I decided to go and check it out uh, myself. Um, fun fact, this is the first and only game I've played on my Xbox Series X this year, if you can believe it. And I think my, I think I might be right there with you. That's me and Spider-Man. <laughs> I only, it literally had to get turned down in eight months, and then Spider-Man came out. It's like, okay, let's play I this. I probably will check out uh, Starfield a little bit after this, because I did the thing where I went to go and buy Game Pass Ultimate again, and it's like, oh man, you've really been gone a while. Would you like to buy game pass ultimate for one dollar for two weeks and i was like yes i would like to do that for mm -hmm. two weeks and then i will unsubscribe until i need to use it again so i might use the final few days to just play a little bit of starfield see if it sticks with me um hi-fi rush i enjoyed this game fine i think i'm kind of right there in between where you two guys are where i got the impression that adam you really liked hi-fi rush a lot and chad you didn't like it enough to the point that you actually stopped playing it halfway through. I thought it was really solid. Uh, I, I thought it was overall from front to back an enjoyable experience, but it's not in contention for game of the year for me, nor do I think it is a worthy candidate for game of the year overall in the game awards, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it's just one of those games where I'm like, think the gameplay is really solid. think the level of design is pretty good from front to back but don't really love a lot of the movement mechanics don't love how weighty the jumping is oh yeah don't love the kind of fixed speed at which you're constantly walking around and how the only way that you can kind of move fastward is by timing yourself to rush up ahead um some some of the jokes some of the writing is pretty clever and pretty funny but a lot of it is also 
real cheesy and real like Saturday morning cartoon to a fault there, especially at the beginning of the game, there are like some moments between Chai and Peppermint where I'm like, wow, this feels like reject drafts of the Legend of Zelda cartoon from the late eighties. <laughs> um, but it ends really strongly. I, I would say that in recent memory, this is definitely an example of a triple A game that like has an especially strong ending. I think it's final couple of hours, uh, benefit from like really strong level design uh having levels that also are like relatively short and bite-sized uh they give your companions a real good like chance to shine and kind of like show off their each individual abilities that you've accumulated over the course of the game and it also features some of the like best licensed music in the game which the game as we were talking about last week is weirdly kind of lacking in a lot of the music that is featured in the game is like kind of uh bethesda's own kind of house mixes and not as many licensed tracks to get in there until the very end where they really shine. But so yeah, all I have to say, liked it a lot, did not love it. I think the final few hours are really strong. I think that the game leading up to that is good, not great. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite pieces of music in there is the, there's a there's a boss fight that has classical music in it. I'm like, oh, yes. I fucking, I fuck with this heavy. So it was real good. W without going into spoilers, I really appreciated that track because that track that plays is actually a remix of a piece of classical music that was also featured in Luminous Electronic Symphony on the Vita. I don't know if either of you played that game back in the day. No, it was but one Holden the... would not shut up about that game. He loved it so much. All he kept talking about was the back touch, and that's why the new Luminous Remastered sucked, because <laughs> it didn't have it, back It was touch. one of those games that I got for like $7 on discount a couple of years after the Vita came out. Loved a lot, it a lot there, and when that track came on uh, in like one of the penultimate boss battles of the game, I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, they brought this back. This is great. Alex, so shout I out will... to that. I will ask you a, a yes. very, very similar question to what you asked me last week. Like, when this came out earlier this year, it, there was a lot of fervor around, like, whoa, is, is Game of the Year out already? Like, do you, after mm. having played it and beat it, which is more than I did, do you have, like, some idea of why people were thinking that? Or does that elude you? Uh, again, I think this game ending uh, as strong as it does definitely, I think, played a part in it. I feel like there are so many games that we can point to that, you know, it kind of meander a lot over the course of their duration, but just end so strongly that they kind of leave such a kind of strong taste in people's mouths. And I think that's very much the case with this game. And I mean, I think a lot of people uh, appreciate it. And I, I would agree with this, just like how much uh, Tango Gameworks was able to show off like their range in just making this game, period. Like, I feel like there are so few examples that come to mind of a studio that made such a crazy pivot as polished and as good as this in recent memory. And so, yeah, I think I think when it came out, people were just like, wow, it's it's rare that we get such a again, a pivot that comes out and is actually this successful out the gate. But personally, looking forward, like I suspect that whatever they do next with this IP, if they make a Hi-Fi Rush 2 or a Hi-Fi Rush sequel that doesn't have 2 in its title or a Hi-Fi Rush spinoff that is still technically a sequel, even if it doesn't have 2 in its title, that'll probably iterate on this title and be the stronger experience. I agree. I think they're going to get... Seeing the reception of this game, I think Microsoft's going to be like, have as much money as you want, within reason. For sure. Because we spent $69 billion last year, so... Yeah. Um, dope. 
Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I want to, one, I, I just want to start by saying, I think I was too hard on Alan Wake last week after like after our discussion about Wake. it. I was like, I don't think I said enough good shit about that game because there is a lot about this game that I really like and I felt like I was a little too hard on it in our discussion last week. Um, yes, I had some technical issues. Yes, I had some bugs. Yeah, the narrative left me like, what the fuck am I doing a lot of the time? But... I think that this game has so much good about it. The the fact that the campaign is like split into two different perspectives that you can like you can play all of one and then the other and it all still makes just as much sense. Or you can play one and one and two and two and three and three and it does like that's that was an achievement in itself. And then just the way that they that Remedy has been slowly converging like full motion video with game uh is like i feel like it finally hit its zenith in this game where you know they were they started with quantum break we're like you're gonna play some game and then you're gonna watch a video and then you're gonna play some game and now you know with control you were like oh you're gonna find some videos occasionally and now it's just like they are so intertwined that I, this is this is what they're gonna be doing i think going forward and it's gonna be really cool uh, so Alan Wake 2, very, very good game. Had a great time with it. Still baffled by it. And on the plane home on Friday, I'm going to watch a two and a half hour <laughs> YouTube video. I think what's also Ditch. really funny, I have watched two hour long story analyses of um, of Alan Wake. And in both of them, the person who is analyzing the story is like, so yeah, this part and Alan's part... Uh, Honestly, I don't really understand what was going on or what I was doing, but it's really cool, and it and it resulted in this. I was like, okay, cool. I feel justified now that the people who are making these videos also don't know what's going on. Did you platinum it yet? No, so that's part of the technical bugs is that I ran into a... There's a, a collectible that never popped for me and that is apparently bugged, and the devs have acknowledged it and say we'll have a patch Damn. out soon. Yeah. Damn. And in fact, uh, listener of the show and buyer of a $3,000 Last of Us Part 1 remake, Matt Vieira, yeah, also, yeah, uh, <laughs> he played through this game. Um, he missed a commercial and had a bug, went back and played, he restarted it, played it some more to, you know, get those on a second run, and they still didn't pop on his run. So he's just waiting for that patch. So What's so annoying about the commercial thing is literally there is just one commercial in the entire game that is missable. All the other five commercials, not missable, except for that one yeah. commercial. And what's shitty is that the, so. the one that's missable is not the one that was bugged for me. He uh. missed the one that was missable, and he got the bugged one, I think, so. Ooh. Yeah. Double jeopardy. I got the one that was missable. But yeah, there's just a bugged one that never pops. Um, so yes, Alan Wake 2. And then Destiny, surprise. I played some more of this because brand new season dropped on Tuesday. Season of the Wish, the 15th Wish, has been revealed. Well, not revealed yet, but Sabathun has made a 15th Wish that was inscribed in secret on the Wish Wall. And Riven's spirit is back to life. And we are gathering Ahamkara eggs, which was a species we had thought we had eradicated through the Great Hunt. And now, it turns out, there are eggs all over the Dreaming City that Riven's been... been holding and hiding and in exchange we will make one final wish on Savathun in order to chase the witness into the traveler following it and figuring out what the fuck is going on um so that launched but there are two main things that i think are really dope that i want to talk about one of them is a new dungeon that came along with the new season there are two yeah. dungeons each year and so it's been six months since we got our last one and this one i think is maybe my favorite dungeon 
of there are probably six or seven now in the game but it is one that takes place on earth and it is in like a, a medieval castle like it is a castle on a mountain and you are scaling these snowy cliffs and then like you get thrown into a prison you have to figure out how to get in prison cell you're going through the 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 halls of the castle trying to work your way up to the top to then fight uh, a boss that uh, has some there's some really cool lore that goes in with it there are some cool and interesting mechanics that have never shown up in destiny before and then it also has a collectibles slash um well i don't know what's at the end of the quest but there's a whole quest around like replaying it and discovering new lore that was previously locked out your first run and all that kind of shit so it gives you reason to replay it uh, over and over so yeah, really cool setting, especially coming off of like Lightfall is all super neon, takes place on this futuristic city on Neptune, and and a lot of stuff has been really like sci-fi, and then to come back to this, like you literally find a dead Guardian team, it's just their skeletons, and one of them's like holding a sword and a shield, one of them is like holding an old ass wizard staff with a like traditional witch hat on, like it's kind of cool to, to be transported back to a medieval looking area in Destiny. Are there any references in this new Destiny season to the Disney movie Wish? There are. It turns out if you've seen the movie Wish, Destiny started on that island through a wish on that star. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. I think as many people saw Wish as saw Migration, so I'm not sure that reference works for everybody. But Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. Wish was fine. Migration, (laughs) I can tell, is going to be awful, but Wish was fine. It had one good... There were four songs, I think, total in it, and one of them was halfway decent. I want to say real quick about Migration. That movie doesn't look like absolute garbage, but Migration might be the worst title that I've ever heard for a movie. Like, you couldn't have thought of anything else. Anything Alex. else? Birds Fly South. It's a, it's a dual meaning because it's, a, it's, it's also the story. Uh, it's like Venba. It's about an immigrant family mm-hmm. in a new place and adjusting and figuring out how to cope. And You've never seen stuff. migration. No. Well, that, well, I know what it is. I mean, it's Kumail Nanjiani as a duck, and they're like, we're flying south, and then we end up in New York City, and we're like trying to not. No, I've be... never watched the trailer. So oh, I wouldn't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I've seen the trailer like forty-five times because I go see every movie that ever existed. But oh wow. Also in Destiny, mm-hmm. um. There's a brand new activity. Usually there's like a new seasonal activity or two that comes along every single uh, season. And with this one, there's one called The Coil, which is like a, uh, it's kind of roguelite in in a way where you're working your way through different rooms and you're like collecting things. You eventually like four or five times come back to this vendor that lets you get upgrades and, and figure out what you want to get for that run. Um, but it also gets progressively harder the, the further and further you go into it. And if you get all the way through it in one go, then you get like these platinum rewards and a lot of cool shit. And it's something that I had not dipped my toes into until yesterday when uh, Audrey and Connor and I ran through it. It took about 45 minutes to go through. And it was just like, it was really tough content. And it's it's a three-person match-made activity too. So there's the, I, I assume most people will go through this with random people, probably not with a mic. And like towards the end of that shit, it gets really tough and it requires a lot of communication. And, um, but yeah, it's a really cool and fulfilling activity that I look forward to. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, what are y'all doing on Saturday? You want to run some coil for a couple hours? Whereas most seasonal activities, I'd be like, let me just put on a podcast and do this by myself in the middle of the night because I hate myself. But now I'm actually looking forward to this and like planning it and shit. So cool stuff in season of the wish so far. And 
all sorts of emotes and armor and ships and stuff like that inspired by the Witcher. So cool shit. Oh, yeah. I saw the bathtub thing. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Let's get closer to our quest log so that we can then get to our game of the year. Uh, we are at the quest log. We are at the quest. Well, we're getting closer to it because there's this little interstitial discussion happening right now about how close Uh we are to it. But how long can we make this And we have arrived at the quest log. Oh, here we are. People are hyped (laughs) for Get a Six, says Jordan Miller at VGC. Get a stands for GTA, which is Grand Theft Auto. The first Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer will arrive on December 5th. Rockstar Games has confirmed. So, if you are one of the... Jesus fucking Christ, Alice. There, there is one emoji that for some reason is so triggering to me, and it's the yawn emoji. And Dallas, who I have a ta- a Destiny tattoo with Dallas represented on it because of how much he played Destiny with me. And you just type Destiny with a yawn emoji in the chat. And I'm going to freaking throw my whole computer right now. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Grand Theft Auto 6, December 5th. By the time you're listening to this, if you're one of those listeners who's like, I hate supporting you and watching you live and being participatory and all that shit. You're listening to it on demand. It will have already dropped. In fact, you might have already seen it before we get here uh, because it's being released at 6 a.m. PT and our podcast comes out at 9 a.m. PT. The post nope, 9 a.m. Eastern. You're right. It comes out at the same time as this. It's the same time. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, you true. You true, Ka. The Post, which confirmed that the first Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer will arrive on December 5th, received over 1.8 million likes in 24 hours and is now the most liked gaming-related tweet of all time. Jeez. There has been... A lot of speculation about what this upcoming trailer could contain. A lot of speculation that the like teaser image contains secrets, contains references to what it might uh, contain. Do we think? Do we think that the three seagulls in the background of the teaser image are a reference to the 1973 Jonathan Livingston Seagull film adaptation of the book of the same name? No, because the there's only one seagull in that seagulls. movie. Now, there are multiple sequels in that movie. There is Jonathan Livington Seagull. There's his mentor, Chang. There's the, the <laughs> elders that shame Jonathan for doing things other than what seagulls normally do. Is it Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. What ha- when does he meet Jesus and go to heaven in space? When, when does that part of the movie happen? I don't know, like 60 minutes into it, something like that. <laughs> it's a fucking wild movie. Chad, do you know what we're talking about? Um, I'm looking at, sorry, I'm looking at the tweet for the very first time because honestly, I care so little about Grand Theft Auto that I haven't even looked at this image before. And I am seeing three, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say these are not seagulls. Their wings, their wings are very angular. Seagulls mm-hmm. have some pretty nice, flowy, beautiful, round wings. These are pterodactyls, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And these palm trees look straight up like Jurassic Park. We're going to get, dra- this uh-huh. is the first you Grand Theft Auto game I'm going to care about because we're driving Jurassic Park jeeps through the jungle fighting dinosaurs and killing raptor hookers. And you I'm know what? This. That's a good point. That's a good point. I feel good like there's been a lot of criticism. There's been a lot of criticism as of recent that a lot of the UFO references in the recent Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption games have been kind of unfulfilling. It's a lot of a lot of build up to ultimately not a lot of reward. Maybe the way that you move past that is be like, man, all the UFOs and alien stuff has gone, and now we're going back to the dinosaurs. Maybe that's the way that they raise the game. Do you know mm. if the if Rockstar is the type of company who believes in evolution or are they the type that says God made dinosaur bones and buried them a couple hundred years ago to give y'all something to look for? 
Mm. I feel like I mean, there are I dinosaur feel... bones in Red Dead Redemption Two that appeared there naturally. Okay, through science. Through science. So they okay. believe in, in science. Also, yes. I feel like the the legacy of the Grand Theft Auto series is that of making fun of religion, even though like religion doesn't play a big part in like three or four or five. I remember that in two, there are like a bunch of like Hare Krishnas that you can drive over. So no, in five, I there's literally like... a cult in the mountains where they capture people and like force them to live in a in right. a commune. <laughs> so yeah, um, but no, this will be. Again, it'll come out. It's trailer one, and it will probably be one of the most watched videos in all of time. Yeah. By the time you listen to this podcast, I'm very excited. I think it's just going to be like, here's vistas and here's shots of the city. It'll be that'll be it, and then we'll get a trailer two in next year. It'll be cool. You think there's going to be anything uh, from Joff? I think they're going to give Joff a little cookie crumb to show at the Game Awards. Joff is is breathing a sigh of relief that it's not the same day as Game Awards because he would have freaked out. He's like, please do it two days before because I don't yeah. want anything. I don't want to fight this. So, no. They're doing their own thing. They can do what they want. I'm excited, though. Um, as a as a a origin story to the yawn emoji, I forgot Dallas did post in the chat here that when Dallas posted about GTA maybe a week or two ago in our group chat, I did respond with yawn emojis. I oh, so you got what you deserved. I mean, well, I responded with yawn emojis, and it was fine. It didn't. I guess they knew that it didn't mean any. Like they didn't care. They knew that I, I mean, wasn't. Just brought it back up, so apparently it means. But something. here's here's the thing. Like later that afternoon, he posted yawn emojis about something else as a callback to my original yawn emojis, and that's when I discovered mm-hmm. they were a fucking trigger for me, and it makes me see. Oh, red. that's when it upset you. <laughs> 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 that's funny as shit <laughs> um folks fuck freddy uh no. sorry folks fuck with freddy they have sex with freddy in a threesome says michael Kripe at ign five nights at freddy's movie has officially become blumhouse's production's most successful picture ever even becoming more successful than the first one freddy got fingered <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. They are... Oh, Dallas was triggered, but he held his composure better, he says. Um, no, Fro- Freddy Got Fingered starring Tom Green is nowhere near related to Five Nights at Freddy's, but Five Nights at Freddy's is successful. Blumhouse founder Jason Blum... Bloom? Is it Blumhouse? Holy shit. No one knows. Announced the news on X slash Twitter saying that the game-to-film adaptation recently passed M. Night Shyamalan's Split making it the studio's biggest picture to date. The movie statistics site says that Five Nights at Freddy's now has a worldwide total of $283 million compared with, compared with Split's total of $278 million. So it has edged it out by $5 million so far. It's an astounding feat, especially considering the movie adaptation's reported budget of $20 million. So, uh, yeah, that made quite a profit. I'm sure marketing... Mm-hmm. I'm, th- this movie was everywhere for a little bit, so marketing was a pretty penny, but still, yeah, made a lot of money. And still not respected by Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. Cannot believe it Damn. didn't get in best, best Adaptation. Upsetting. We should, that, we should have put that on on Boff or Goff or what do we call it? What do we do? You said, snub uh, or Snuff. That's what it was. Snub or Snuff. That's yeah. what it was. Snub yeah, or yeah. Snuff. Um, but no, good for them. I hope we get a couple more because it, it, it's a fun movie. I, kids fucking love it. Yeah, do another one. Yeah. There's some really cool... Chad, you've seen it, right? Yeah. I can't wait to see what uh that really famous actor does in the future. Okay, first of all, there, there are things. several famous actors in it, and none of them you are You know the, the one characters. I'm talking about. Um, the one that you're like, oh, that guy's here. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Matthew Lillard. Oh, I mean, he was in the trailer, so like, I, I didn't... <laughs> I know. Okay. I'm excited okay. to see what he does in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. I mean, just generally, I'm excited to see Matthew Lillard succeeding in life. Exactly. Because I feel like he's... he's I, I don't know why, but I just... I want to root for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was... He's like, he had to wear the same green shirt for five years of his life. He deserves some Yeah, wins. right? And, you know, whenever he had to do the shaggy voice, he would go offset. He would literally scream until his voice was lost, and that's how he would do his shaggy voice. It was like, that's... He took years off of his life, and not for some game awards bet, but to be yeah. to be shaggy <laughs> and shit. represent him in all of our lives. And in Scream One, he didn't even get the glory of being the like first killer. He was the killer's sidekick in the second reveal, yeah. and it's like, come on. I don't I see Freddie Prince a... Jr. taking all these lumps. No, because Freddie got fingered. Run <laughs> <laughs> it around, run it around. All right, and that brings us to the end of our quest log and to the meat and potatoes, what you all have been waiting for. Our segment from Adam. Segment I love. <laughs> we're, in, we're in segment from Adam. But before we, we actually get, a, get a, a, en route with the segment, I, I already sang the song, quick. Alex. Real quick, I just remembered when I was researching what movie we would watch for this month's movie commentary, mm. a movie that I had in consideration but did not go with was In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale based on oh. the Dungeon Siege uh, fantasy games directed by Uwe Bull. That movie stars Matthew Lillard oh. in like a performance where he's like really giving it his all. He's like, I am playing this fantasy movie absolutely straight. Is he as good as the shark in Finding Jesus too? <laughs> Fucking no, Finding Jesus. No, no, nobody I, can be better than Jesus. I spent a good ten minutes in our uh, just telling my team at work about that <laughs> about Finding Jesus <laughs> and all the whole fucking string of movies that we went down. What a great good lord! In uh, the name of the king, also stars like front and center on the poster is uh, Jason Statham. Hell yeah. Fucking. How you down with that? Wild. Uh, came out in 2007. Why do I not remember this movie? I don't either. Well, we're in our segment from Adam, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Adam, and I'm going to swap our display around a little bit. Oh, very oh. cool. Excited to see this. All right. What we're doing is Game Awards predictions. We did it last year, and like Chad said earlier, the bet was that you lose six months of your lives. The winner gets... A year added, because it's six months from two people. I won. I'm living longer. You guys, not as much, but it's fine. Yeah. So this so, yeah. year... If any of you out there are like, oh man, it's not very original that you're doing a podcast segment where you predict who's going to win all these Game of the Year awards. Well, that's what makes it definitively different from all those other podcasts. Exactly. Imagine me six years or six months younger. That's what I could have looked like today. Could've, but now Adam looks like it. a youthful, little, wonderful, dewy-eyed doe <laughs> because he has all of our youth. All right. So here's what it is. This this is a walk. I You know, I, I have my Wikipedia app has 107 tabs open because I just look at stuff and sure. never put it down. So I was inspired, but I was forced upon this. Basically, I was playing a game called Baldur's Gate 3. It's nominated for a lot of awards at this Game Awards Fair show. sex. Yeah. Let's... And in that game, you can do all kinds of choices or permutations. You can really just do whatever you want, and the game will adapt to you. Let's say I made a choice. Maybe I made a deal with the devil, right? El Diablo? I, mean, I probably shouldn't have done it. El Diablo shouldn't have done it. But now I'm forced 
into this deal. So what we're going to do is in this Game Awards prediction show, whoever does the worst is forced to take my debt that I owe to the devil. Oh my god. Shit. Sorry, guys. Oh <laughs> but you signed god. a contract, you can't get out of okay. it. Funny thing, the, what what brought me around to this was I was looking up Sam Raimi's uh, filmography. Don't ask me why. I don't even know. And mm-hmm. I looked at Drag Me to Hell. You guys remember this. Like After he did Spider-Man, he went back to yes, horror, right? I hate that movie. It's weird for me. It's because, so stupid. Okay. Yeah, the plot of the movie is this this girl. This is the plot that bothers me. So there's this woman. Was she like Romanian or this some old like Eastern European woman comes to America. She doesn't pay. She's like on her third mortgage or something. It doesn't have the money to pay it. The bank loan lady's like, I can't extend. This is the third time, ma'am. I can't do this. That lady gets mad and says, well, now you're cursing. You have to go to hell, which is crazy to. So we acknowledge that heaven and hell exists in this world, like definitive proof. Mm-hmm. And that your deeds and your faith don't mean anything. It's if a strange old woman puts a curse on you. That determines if you go to heaven or hell. You could yep. literally be Mother Teresa and you would go to hell because this Romanian lady put up a curse on you. Insane premise to a movie. Yeah, that's why I don't but, go to nursing homes. I don't volunteer at for any old people events. I don't want curses to bring yeah, me to hell. I want but, to, you know, go by my own deeds. Now Yeah, that old woman is the devil from uh, Baldur's Gate 3, who now you guys are paying back the debt to. Hold on. Hold on, 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 hold on. <laughs> yep. So you, first of all, can you remind us again, like, what is the actual debt? Like, what are we repaying? Is it just oh, we're going to you help? have to, you have to do a really hard boss fight for like four hours straight. Okay, okay. hard boss fight That's for like four debt. hours. That's the debt that we have to repay if we are the lowest of the, the losers. The lowest, yeah. Now, here's, here's the question I have for you. Like, what's... What if you lose? You just have to continue doing what you were supposed to do anyway? I mean, I was the winner last year. I got to name the terms. Whenever you win, then you can name the terms next year. Well, there's year. no stakes for you. Well, it's no not, matter. I'm trying to get rid of my debt. I'm Chad, just, look at it this way. <laughs> what are you talking Chad, about? Chad, look yeah. at it this way. Adam is on thin ice for the next 365 days. If he dies during the next 365 days, he's going to have to incur the wrath of the devil and the debt that he's owed to him okay but yeah if he you know doesn't lose this upcoming segment then we incur the debt so okay and i guess the the whole thing is like you are living an extra year because of us mm-hmm. already i feel like i got time to play with and at the end of this if you know you're going to hell at the end of it anyway like is that that's a, just another year of torture knowing that you're going to be there in hell it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Why even hang on? Okay, hey, Chad, cool. let's not, that works. Let's not think too hard about it. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> that works. I'm in. No, no, you're right. I'm sold. So the way we're doing this, at some point, we will just guess winners. But first, we're going to have a little fun, right? So number one, I need everyone here to guess a publisher or developer that wins the best percentage of their awards. Developer, I barely know. <laughs> <laughs> God, here we go. <laughs> So the idea of this part is, again, I sent you the Wikipedia or whatever. At the very bottom, it tells you who has the most number of awards and, and numbers them out. So you could guess a Nintendo because they have a lot of nominations, right? And sometimes they have two in the same um, category, so you have a better chance. But that's more chance for failure. Like if I someone if I pick someone who has two nominations, you know, I could get 100%. Or if I get 50, you know, and you get only six out of nine, whatever. You see what I'm doing. You're going for best percentage. Yeah. And as a publisher... Or developer. I will start. And I'm going to take, I think, an easy one. I'm going to take From Software. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because Armored Core 6 is nominated for one category, and it's best action game, and it's going to win, so I'm going for 100. But 
that's the thing. If I miss 0%, I, yeah. I guarantee to lose this game. But I'm going to take that chance. I'm taking Armored Core 6 slash From Software. I'm going to take Epic Games because they are uh, listed here as a publisher on Alan Wake 2, I believe. And so Alan Wake 2, I think, is nominated for what? Th oh, eight things. Money more than many more than I thought it was, but I do feel like it's nominated for a lot of things that it, I think it will win. But also, Fortnite is nominated for like best ongoing game or uh, best community support as well as best ongoing game or something like that. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's probably going to win those two. So you get a good number. That's that's a good idea to go with the numbers game. So even if you lose, your percentages are still better. So Chad's going yeah. with Epic. Alex, what publisher slash developer do you want to go with? You know what? Uh, it's a maybe a little bit more of a long shot. I'm going to go with CD Projekt Red because mm, okay. I feel like mm -hmm. all the categories that Cyberpunk 2077 got nominated in are categories I could see it winning. Got nominated for Best Narrative, got nominated for Best Ongoing Game. Even if you disagree with the definition of the latter category, I feel like it's got a good shot at winning those. But we'll Okay, see. very good. All right, we got um, everyone I down. I just saw the nominations by publisher thing. So it looks like Epic Games has been nominated for nine things. Uh, CD Projekt Red has been nominated for four. And what yeah. did you choose again? From Software, which only has one. From Software. From Software or Bandai Namco, either way. Okay, it's just gotcha. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are, which, are you, which are you going with? Because Bandai Namco has been nominated from. for two. No, I'm going with just From Software. Okay, From Software. I'm just going with my one okay. for one shot. We'll see what happens. Cool. Um, all right, next up, guess one surprise winner. So basically take an underdog, us, the other two have to agree that like, I don't think that's the favorite in the category and we have to guess who's going to win a category that would not be the favorite. Does anyone want to, want to go first? Think of any category or whatever you want to do. Just what do you think that, you know, like if Alex tries to say tears of the kingdom for game of the year, I'm going to disagree, obviously, because I feel like that is a favorite. Here's, here's my vote for this one. If I were to pick one that's not the favorite or not the like, we pretty much think this one's going to win, I'm going to go best action adventure. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I would agree that that would be an underdog. Yeah. It is up against so Alan Wake, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Tears of the Kingdom. Alex, do you agree to give him that? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. I also don't Jedi. know if that's how many other things that's nominated for. Uh, I think that and uh, Cameron Monaghan are the only oh, two for right, yeah. Star Wars. So yeah, that might be uh, its one nod that it gets. Yeah. What do you do? You have an idea, uh, Cozy? I do, but I don't know if you're necessarily going to agree or disagree <gasps> with this one. So I'll just throw it out there. Yeah, just throw it out. I think my surprise prediction is that Dave the Diver is going to win Best Independent Game. Everybody's complaining and arguing about whether or not Dave the Diver is an independent game because it's technically published by Nexon and the studio behind it is currently working on a very AAA-ish looking shooter and yada, yada, yada. I think that at the end of the day, it's going to get enough votes that it's going to win that category amidst all controversy and resistance. I'd be willing to give it to him, Chad. How do you I feel? I agree, yeah, because I think... Uh, in reality, I feel like that category comes down to like Cocoon versus Sea of Stars anyway. So yeah, I, th I think Dave mm. would be an underdog there. Okay. And mine, I'm going to throw it out to you. Can you guys can tell me if you disagree. I'm going for best ongoing game as Cyberpunk 2077. Um, if you don't, I can find something else. My, my thing oh, is sorry, that it's not a game's a service. 
but I, I personally think that it will win. But someone would make the argument about game of service. But if you don't agree, I can. I have another choice. No, yeah, I 100% think Fortnite's going to sweep that category with Fortnite Original oh. and Eminem and all that shit. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say your choice is a good surprise. Okay, Alex? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll give it to you. Okay, sounds good. 2077 for me is a surprise. All right, last of the weird ones that are... You know, we're just guessing things. Name an announcement slash surprise. This can be a game, a trailer, movie trailers included, uh, can, a guest, music, performance, be, whatever. Sorry, can this be something that has been already hinted at, or does it have to be something totally off the dome? Well, give me an example. What are you thinking of specifically? The creator of Inscription has been teasing an announcement that it's going to be revealed at the Game Awards, and Jeff Keighley has been getting in on it too. Am I allowed to predict that? I'm going to say sure, because there has not I'm, been an I'm, official announcement. It's just been like Jeff Keighley liking a tweet and shit, right? You know what? Just to make it more interesting, I will not okay. predict that. I will not okay, predict that. I'm going to go and I'll give you one. Baldur's Gate 3 out on Xbox in the weekend after the, the Game Awards. So that gives me the day of or maybe another day or two. Baldur's Gate 3 finally out on Xbox now this weekend. Okay. That's good? Sound good? Yeah. All right. Mine is that uh, we will see... Some kind of significant uh, update, expansion, perhaps story content, maybe just like a a bunch of brand new maps and modes for Halo Infinite. I Hmm. think Halo Infinite, yeah, I think it's multiplayer just got reworked and people are kind of generally happy aside from the microtransactions. And it's been a long time since we've seen any update about single player stuff. In fact, co-op is still non-existent in that game. (laughs) So... Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think we see some kind of big. Maybe we see our first story expansion. Maybe you see like a brand new huge multiplayer thing. But something Halo anything from three four three would count. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Telsey, what do you want to go with? I'm ready to hurt myself. Oh, so badly, hurt myself you guys. today. I'm ready to <laughs> just wallow in my disappointment like an orb of sadness. No, wallow. I'm predicting that we're finally, <laughs> finally, finally, finally. Finally, for real this time, going to get a proper re-reveal of Metroid Prime 4. Oh, okay, okay. One of the very first Game Awards, I don't know if you remember this, but at one of the very first Game Awards, mm. Reggie came on stage to reveal that Cranky Doesn't Kong work there anymore. was coming yeah. <laughs> to Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, and he had a Metroid pin on. And I think that in celebration of it being the 10 years since Reggie came on stage with the Metroid pin, we are finally going to get a re-reveal trailer for Metroid Prime 4. Will it close the show? Will it open the show? Will it come somewhere in between there? I don't know. But I am betting my heart on it finally being there, and I know that I'm going to be so disappointed when it's not. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, All right. So our next category, next round, is single-choice predictions. In this one, we take the categories, and maybe they're the sillier ones that we don't know that much about. Um, and you get one choice of the three categories. So, like, you just say, you know, there's A, B, and C category. Chad is like, I want A. Cozy's like, I want C. And then I'll be stuck with B. And then we'll rotate the people okay. based on who goes first. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and abstain. Who wants to go? By the way, our order will rotate, right? All so, right. the idea is, like, who wants to who wants to go first for this round? I'll You'll go second pick. for the next round. You want first pick of the first, the round. first round. That means yep. you're the last pick of the third round. Yep. Okay, Cozy, do you want um, second or third? Uh, I'll go with second. Okay, so it'll go Alex, or no, go Chad, Alex, me, and then it'll rotate down, and we'll switch them around. Okay, so Chad, mm-hmm. 
you get to pick the winner of one of these categories, either esports game content creator or esports event. Oh, esports game content creator or esports event. Let me scroll to the very bottom of this note because that's yeah, where that all is. the esports stuff lives in the in the stuff. Whoa, there's a lot more here than I thought. Okay, content creator. <laughs> the names. Spring, Quackity. <laughs> Is that the one you want? And, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm just reviewing what's nominated. You're just so I know. Out. So I know which one that I know. Uh, esports mm-hmm. game, Counter-Strike, LOL. Nobody knows these Valorant, first ones. Uh, or no one esports here. athlete. Uh, I'm going to go with... No, event. Oh, it's event. Game, content creator or esports event. Okay, sorry. Let me scroll past a couple more esports categories. Uh, League of Legends World Championship, Last TV Paris, Evo, International Dota, Valorant. Okay, I'm going to go with um, Best Esports Game will be the category that I choose. Okay. Do you want me to also say my my choice now? Yeah, sure, okay. yeah. what do you think is going to win? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to say that mm, Valorant wins this one. Okay, absolutely. Okay. So at a content creator and esports event, which one do you want, Cozy, and what's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go with content creator. Okay. And... By the way, nominated is Iron Mouse, People Make Games, Quackity, Spreen, and Cypher. I have heard of Iron Mouse and People Make Games. I have not heard of the other three. I am going to go with Iron Mouse. I'll just throw it out there. Iron Mouse, all right. You chose Iron Mouse because there's a waifu as the picture. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. There's a waifu with it's, some glasses like and I some said, parts I don't in really, I don't really follow a lot of these, like, you know, YouTuber people, and Iron Mouse is the only one outside of People Make Games that I've actually heard of, and so I feel like that might okay. speak to the sheer reach that she has. People Make Games, they make good stuff, but I feel like the sheer star power of an Iron Mouse will prevail. Iron Mouse, mm-hmm. spelled Iron M-A-U-S, was also an in-game superhero comic book character from the Surge series and a oh. secret armor you could find that was really, really great. Oh, very nice. Uh, now, I'm forced to take esports event. I'm just going to say League of Legends World because it just makes sense, I guess. You don't think Blast.tv Paris Major 2023 is going to win? What the hell do these things mm. even mean? I do not know. So for the next thing that we do Mm -hmm. it is so it rotates down so since i picked last i now pick first Mm, cozy wait how does this it's cozy adam me right and then it's adam it was you cozy me oh shit i don't know i don't know how it works so now it'll be because i did last we'll just say it's cozy me chad yeah because it's a different order and cozy gets to start and i get to start the last one so yeah yeah cool all right, so what are the three new selections? Oh, they are Best Fighting Game, Best Sports Game, and Best Family Game. Uh, I'm going to go with Best Family. Okay. The nominees uh, are, for audio listeners, Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And I'm going to say that Super Mario Bros. Wonder is going to win this one. I know that there's been some scuttlebutt in the industry from people saying, oh, man game has some weird problems when you play it local multiplayer uh, i think that for the most part though people are going to look at super mario wonder and be like man that is one hell of an experience overall the rest of the games on this list sorry pikmin 4 do not quite compare to it so yeah i think wonder's going to run away with this Ooh, one. alex hates pikmin 4 i'm actually curious i do not do hate it i just 
I, I just thought its difficulty it, it, its difficulty curve was a little bit wonky is all. Got too Hate. easy towards the end. Is there, not that this has ever been a thing that disqualifies a game in the past and has kept it from winning, but does Pikmin 4 feature any kind of like co-op ability? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I legitimately did not do any multiplayer-related stuff in the game, so I legitimately know nothing about it, but yes, it does. Okay, cool. Okay. I'm just thinking, you know, family I... game, then Pikmin might... Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to take fighting game. Uh, I'm going to take Street Fighter Six. The other nominees are God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon, All-Stars Brawl 2, and Pocket Bravery, but I'm taking Street Fighter Six for me. Street so that leaves Fighter. Best Sports... For best sports uh, slash racing pick. game nominees are EA Sports FC 24, the first non FIFA branded EA sports game, mm-hmm. F1 23, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed Turbo, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbo Charged, and the Crew Motorfest. Wow, I didn't hear shit about Forza Motorsport this year. I didn't even realize that came out. Um, but. I'm going to go soccer. And soccer always fucking wins. So EA Sports FC 24. FC. All right. Very cool. Now we're moving on to our last one, which will be me first. Then Chad, Chad second, yeah. Alex last. Because you haven't gone to those spots yet. All right. These categories are best role-playing game, best action, and best action adventure. Ooh. Which one do I want to take? Well, I guess I've already said it once. So I guess I'll double down. I'm going to take best action, and I'm going to give it to Armored Core 6. The other nominees are Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. All right. Very cool. So now... I'm going to take uh, best RPG. Yeah. Okay. The nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Uh, this is a really fucking tough category, but I think that Baldur's Gate 3 is going to, I think it's going to walk away with this one. All right. Very cool. And that leaves Alex with best action slash adventure game. Those nominees are Alan Wake 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Do I want to, do I want to be safe? Or do I want to be spicy with this? Ooh, do you want to have say, to take my hell debt? That's the question. I want to say it's going to be Zelda because I think people are going to be like, fuck, if Zelda doesn't win this one, it might not win any of the other categories because of how spread out everything is. But recently, I want to say like CNET put out their like top 10 games of the year list and they put Alan Wake 2 at number one and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom at number four on that list. Mm. And like, mind you, that's CNET. I don't know if they're a particularly reputable video game website. But I'm like, man, do people, are people that jonesing for Alan Wake 2 to win? Because if I mean, so. I will I will just say in, in my secret Discord text message thread, two of the other four people are saying Alan Wake 2 is their game of the year. So. Fuck. Uh, you know what? No. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm going to go with okay. Zelda. Just another hot take for you. Well, not really a hot take. I feel like if Spider-Man, this is Spider-Man's only chance to win an award is in this category. And if it doesn't, uh, Spider-Man 2 is not winning yeah, jack shit. This is going to be a repeat of 2018 where Spider-Man was an amazing game, but it's not going to get fucking anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up. Now, these are the categories everybody yeah. guesses. And okay. if you could keep your own predictions, because I don't have space to write them down. Oh. 
Uh, I don't have any. Can you get? Do you guys have? Uh, just put it in the. I got it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. No, no. You got it. I got it. All right. Cool. I just got to make myself. So we're gonna start with best day. No, just best indie debut indies next. Best indie, best overall indie game. Chad, you want to show up and tell people what that is? Yes. The nominees are Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. The description for this one is outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. This is the one where I said Dave DeDiver would be the surprise winner. Uh, I'm going to say that the overall winner is going to be Cocoon. I think, I think more people played Cocoon than Sea of Stars. Which is making me kind of lead that direction, lean that direction as well. But I feel like the people who played Sea of Stars fucking love Sea of Stars. Mm. Mm. Ah, I think it's just sheer. Are you willing to admit that there's maybe some Chad's favorite game of the year bias in there? I don't think so. But but both Sea of Stars (laughs) and Cocoon are games that I feel really build on their strengths and have really strong final acts difference between the two of them is cocoon is like a fourth of sea of stars length and so i yeah. feel like more so you get to see that probably saw see cocoon to the end yeah so I'm, I'm going cocoon as well you're also going cocoon yeah. i think as i was filling out the little bracket thing here best in oh you have it up on the twitch yeah i mean honestly if it was if it's my personal vote it's either cocoon well, I haven't finished Sea of Stars, but I also think Cocoon is, is also the one. Not to be boring, but I also just feel like that is the one that people are like, oh, I beat it in four hours and it's fucking wild. So, yeah, Cocoon, clean sweep over there. Hey, Next category. Alex, you've played mm-hmm. Cocoon, right? Yes, I, I thought, beat it. I fucking I hate it. puzzles. Is yes. it still rewarding if I like play that game but just look up cheats to all the puzzles? Like, yeah, is that sure. is it worth playing that way to see whatever happens in this game? I would say yes, just because there's some really mind-bending ideas at play that even if you know the solution to them, like just being able to experience it is like really cool. Okay, cool. I might do that from my PlayStation portal. There you go. On the pooper. On the pooper. Uh, Next next category is best debut indie game. Nominees are... uh, Nominees... Cocoon. Go ahead. Dredge. Pizza Tower. Venba. Viewfinder. For the best debut game created by a new independent studio. This is one of those categories where I'm like, does this being titled the debut indie game category potentially influence people to not vote for Cocoon with the idea that they will then vote for Cocoon as the best indie game overall? Or does Cocoon still win this one? See, yeah, in a vacuum, in a completely objective vacuum, if Cocoon wins best indie game, it should by default win best debut indie game as well, right? Right. We've got three games, by the way, that are in both categories. So it's like, if you feel if one of those wins, they should win the other one. I'm going to go ahead and just throw it out there. To to Alex's point, like, that's how it should work if the universe was completely objective. But uh, yeah, Yeah, yeah. given the the subjectivity and people want to like, I want to vote for something that, give it a chance. I'm going to go Venba. You're going Venba? Yeah, I'm going Venba. All right. Very nice. Alex, what are you going with? I'm I've got be, mine already written in, but you go ahead. I'm going to be tricky dicky. I'm going to go and I'm going to say Dredge, just because I feel like that game has gotten a lot of mainstream attention. Okay. And it might push it ahead. 
So we have three different answers. I'm choosing Cocoon. I do like Dredge. I would love for Dredge to win this one because I fucking adore that game. That's really hard for me to go back and forth between my favorite Indias between Cocoon and Dredge. Uh, but we all have three different answers, so it should be an interesting category. Mm. Uh, narrative is the next one. Best narrative game. Chad, what are the nominees? I am scrolling to find right now. Best be narrative is Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and first pick in PG3. Like, that is a game where all of your choices actually matter, and the narrative completely conforms to what you decide to do and what you want to do with it. And it's also a really cool fantasy story on top of that. So, BG3, for sure, for Adam. I'm going to go with Alan Wake 2. So, the descriptor for this category says, For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. And so for me, that means like, not necessarily that the story itself was the best story, but how, but that the storytelling was really interesting and, and outstanding and the way that the narrative develops. And for that reason, I'm going to say Alan Wake 2 wins this one just because of the way that story is told and the way whatever narrative is told gets beamed into your head or does not get beamed into your head, I think was really interesting and, and unique and novel. Wake. All right. Very cool. Next up. Alan, wake. Wake. I'm drowning. <laughs> direction. Best game direction. Woo. Best game direction is Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The description for this category is awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. You know what? You know what? I'm going to be tricky-dicky again. I think that Zelda wins this one. I know that typically in the past, this category is associated with like the most movie-like game, the most you know Death Stranding-like game. I think that people are going to look at creative vision and innovation in game design uh, in the description for this category and go, you know what? That Zelda game had a whole bunch of cool penis robots you could build with its <laughs> robot parts. Yeah, what's really fucking fascinating about this is that I, I can see all five of these and all five of them could, any one of these five could win and be like, yeah, that one deserved to win. Like, even, even Mario. Even Mario, feels yeah. feels like the one off on this list mario has like the cool from software-esque like ghost uh, mechanics where like other people can come into your game and like show you secrets and play through the levels alongside you and help you out in real time yeah the the only thing when i think of like why spider-man 2 might fit into this one i think you know creative vision and game direction and design it's like all right we you know we have two different spider-men and each one has kind of their slightly different focus and and you can switch between them at any time. And then I think, well, Alan Wake 2 kind of has that same idea and more and different. Mm. And so right now I'm leaning towards Alan Wake 2, maybe Baldur's Gate 3. And just the fact that that game exists in all of its systems and the way that it, that the, all the things you could do that matter that also fucking don't matter and that are, it, it's impossible that that game should not exist in the way that it does. So like, it's just amazing that it, that it came out and that it works. 
But because Alan Wake 2, I think, just did so many new and creative and interesting things, I'm going to say Alan Wake 2. All right, so Cozy with Tears of the Kingdom, Chad with Alan Wake 2. Ah, man. This is tough because I'd never know what this category actually means. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it feels like it's always just like whoever wins Game of the Year, but it's supposed to mean something else. And it's also that one where, like... I was going to not choose Tears of the Kingdom, but I was like, fuck, it's also Tears of the Kingdom. And like, I don't know. This is probably the, I think this is a harder category than Game of the Year. Um, I'm going to ride Coattails and go with Alan Wake 2. Because when I look at Best Game Direction, they're like, who do they think is like an artist in our tour? And like, it's that Sam Lake. He's doing weird shit. This is Game Direction. Uh, so, yeah, I'm also going Alan Wake 2 on that one as well. And then that leads us to Game of the Year. Game of the Year. World premiere. Game of the Year. Game of the Year. Game of the Year. All right. Sorry. The nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. So the same list plus Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Mm, and the yeah. description for this is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Baldur's Gate thinking? 3. Let's do it. You're going Baldur's Gate 3? I am. Wow. That's wild. Didn't see that coming. Chad, what are you I'm thinking? Honestly, I'm leaning either Baldur's Gate 3 or Spider-Man. Really? Spider-Man? Yeah. Please pick Spider-Man, Chad. I don't want to have to do that hell sentence. Go ahead and pick Spider-Man. There is a 0% chance that Spider-Man 2 wins overall game of the year. I mean, best experience across all creative and technical fields. Chad, you can read those descriptions all you want. They don't mean anything. (laughs) What is people's favorite game of the year? Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to go Baldur's Gate 3. Damn it. You should have gone Spider-Man 2. Uh, I also went Baldur's Gate 3. I think, I mean, I've been saying it since the beginning, not beginning of the year, but I was like, it's either going to be Tears of the Kingdom or Baldur's Gate, and that's really, to me, that's the only real competition in this specific category, is one of those two, and I'm just going to pay Baldur's Gate 3, because it's more recent, and I think it's better, because I think it's the, I think it's awesome, I mean, I fucking love that game, so that's wishful thinking, as well as it being very good. Do you guys remember a year ago, from the day, when I said that the game of the year like runner-ups, the the two games that would be in contention with each other were going to be Tears of the Kingdom and Redfall. Yeah. That was my big prediction. I was like, I, I think that... Yeah. I made a prediction you know, that Redfall will be Game of the Year based on how, how horny you were for that game. I, I thought that Arcane was going to build off of the success of Deathloop and, you know, deliver an even more, you know, strong experience in Redfall and get a lot of that, like, more mainstream clout thanks to it being, like, a big meaty co-op multiplayer game and that did not pan out you know the crazy thing besides tears of the kingdom here i mean i've been yelling about Baldur's gate 3 forever but i'm also a nerd who fucking likes that studio and D D. but looking at this list there's no way at the beginning of the year you would have guessed this list besides Tears of the kingdom i didn't think yeah. alan wake was going to come out this year uh i knew Baldur's gate was gonna be good i didn't think people were gonna be that in love with it uh i can really guess spider-man 2 um resident evil 4 wouldn't have guessed and i didn't know about super mario brothers wonder so I wouldn't have been able to guess four of the six games here at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, wild year, crazy wild. year. But all right, that's our predictions. That's everything. When we'll come back, 
at some point and figure out who's got to pay that hell sentence. Won't be me. Tell you that much. Well, thank you, Adam, for that segment. And uh, that brings us to our Game on Game Show. The Game on Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Gaming Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. This week, we're turning it over to Cozy for another kind of Game in the or game Awards-focused segment. So, Cozy, take us away. Thank you, Chad. Uh, so, I don't have a particularly snappy or fun title for this segment, so I'm just going to call it Ranking the Game Awards final reveals of the past decade. Uh, as you know, uh, at the end of the Game Awards, the show is usually closed out by some final announcement, be it a video game reveal or some other sort of reveal just before uh, the final Game Awards award is given out for best game of the year. And I thought it would be a fun little trip down memory lane to go and watch all of the final game awards reveals slash trailers and basically rank them up against each other and ahead of time i went in created a fun little tier on tiermaker.com uh, in which we can rank uh the nine reveals that we're going to be ranking uh at the top we have they keeled it uh for the very best ones for those of you listening keel is spelled like keely indeed it is uh, underneath that, we have Jeff Worthy, uh, aka Jeff Worthy, uh, for reveals that are cool, good, not the best, but still solid. Uh, underneath that, we have Mid Lee for reveals that are uh, kind of more on the mid side. And at the very bottom, I know this is a, a turn of phrase you've probably never heard of before, we have <laughs> the Lame Awards for those Ooh, reveals that are real poopy pantsy. TBH, um, never heard that before. True story. I've never Maybe. heard someone call it the Lame Awards. Now, uh, to keep the length of this podcast in check, we are not going to be watching each uh, of these reveals live on our stream. We also were concerned about, you know, potentially getting copyright strike because oftentimes these trailers, you know, feature a lot of copyrighted music, could get us into trouble. So instead, I'm going to walk you through each of the reveals and we can talk about them. So... At the very first Game Awards in 2014, uh, this was an interesting one. They gave out the Game of the Year. Uh, I believe it was Dragon Age Inquisition that won it. Mm -hmm. And then after Game of the Year was given out, uh, they did an extended segment uh, introduced by Reggie Filzami, uh, in which Shigeru Miyamoto and Eiji Onuma sat down on a couch and gave a gameplay demo demonstration of the game that we would come to know as Breath of the Wild, because they did not still have a name for it at the time of this gameplay demo preview thingy being shown. Um, I encourage everybody to go, you know, scroll to the end of the Game Awards 2014 and watch this, because, man... I'm going to put the links, such a weird, the timestamps and the links that you gave that us, is a good I'm going to put idea. that in the notes. <clears throat> that is a good idea. Uh, so go watch these if you're live on Twitch. Um yeah, this is a like weird and bizarre way to end an award show because again, it's not like oh here's like a really glossily produced like gameplay overview. It is Shigeru Miyamoto, AJ Onuma sitting on a couch talking about Breath of the Wild, and like what's funny is that like they're not really getting deep into like the stuff that made Breath of the Wild really famous. They're not really getting into like the very physics intensive uh, kind of like open world systems that allow you to like 
conduct electricity or like create ice sculptures or wield fire and all sorts of, you know, interesting and intricate ways. They're kind of just being like, oh yeah, you can glide down and there's a big world in front of you. You can get on a horse and then it's kind of over. And, and the horse doesn't yeah, watching, bump into trees because real horses don't bump into trees that much. <laughs> watching this, I was like, man, like if they did something like this nowadays, if they did this like extended on the couch demo at a game awards, they would be laughed out of the room. But I'd have to imagine that when they showed this off a decade ago, the crowd must have been going wild. Oh, people, I'm sure were horny for whatever the next Zelda was, because the last one we got was Skyward Sword which I guess people generally yeah, didn't exactly. like. So to mm. see what was new about it. Yeah. I have some qualifiers. Okay. So yes. we are, we're going to rank these tier based them based on the presentation that was given to us, not on how the game turned out, right. not on whatever, how it was presented and how it comes yes. off. Okay. Um, this one, it's going to be either the bottom tier or the next to bottom tier. Um, again, Breath of the Wild turned out cool, but it is literally dudes playing a Wii U and there's a TV next to them. Yeah, yeah we're it's seeing like, a screener of the footage. We're not even seeing a direct feed of the footage. <laughs> it's like, there's a thing over there. Cool. Let's go to that. Goodbye, guys. And it's like, I don't give a fuck about this Wii U game. Based on that present... Again, I know the game turned out good. Yeah. Based on that presentation, it's awkward, it's weird, and it's like dudes playing a thing off of a screen that's in the corner of the of the shot. Like, also... Ah, it is not good. Like, they're, they're running past these trees, and they're like, look at these trees. And <laughs> Miyamoto says... I think in a different time, I saw apples on those trees. Like, they didn't show the apples on the trees. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I think I saw apples on those trees one time. And the guy's like, yeah, and you can eat them. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird and awkward. Uh, I guess, obviously, the game turned out good, but I think the presenta this presentation is very bad. I think I, just I say the, bottom the tier. fact that it is, at the time, next-gen Zelda, I think that bumps it up a tier for me to either midly yeah, probably but it wasn't next gen. It was still on Wii U. They were showing the Wii U version. Well, this is the end of the Wii U's life cycle. Well, then we had not had a Zelda yet on Wii U, I so this would saying. be the yeah the next. You know, this is the first mm. Zelda we saw on this console. Also, funnily enough, this is 2014 is when we saw this, and at the very end of it, they're like, "Look forward to the Wii U Legend of Zelda coming in 2015." Oh my god, and it's two years after that. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, I, saying also coming exclusively to Wii U in 2015 yeah. is what they said. Mm -hmm. It's not, uh, this is not the worst uh, of all these reveals, but like at the end of the day, yeah, I think I would actually put it in the Lame Awards as well. Sorry, Chad. Mm -hmm. We've got two votes two for to Lame one. Awards. Lame Awards. All right, we're going to Lame Awards it. Uh, and so, yeah, that was the final reveal for the Game Awards 2014. Uh, 2015, uh, the reveal trailer uh, for this one was actually shown before uh, the final game of the year was given out, and it was a new trailer for Telltale's The Walking Dead Michonne, the like three-part episodic series that they did uh, surrounding, uh, or rather revolving around the character of Michonne, as featured in the TV series, Robert Kirkman comics, uh, and of course the games. Uh, if, if it sounds like I'm stalling for time on this one, it's because there's really not a lot to say about this one. It's like a 32-second trailer. Like, yeah, it is it's so really short. short. It's nothing. The yeah. the thing to keep in mind about this one is that this was at the height of Walking Dead popularity. This was the year mm. before Negan came in and everyone dropped off the show. This is at the height of when Michonne specifically 
was so cool. Like everyone was like, oh, fucking Michonne walking around with a samurai sword. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And this was right, like this was coming off of uh, a couple of seasons of the Walking Dead Telltale series, which a lot of people, like I think the first one was nominated for Game of the Year, the year that it came out too. And so like this was a horny game in that. Like people were horny for this that year. Does, um, obviously it has no bearing on where we'll rank this, but was the Walking Dead Michonne good? I never Did played it. Did people like it? I never played it. Yeah, I didn't play it. I think it was fine. I think people were like, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think it's season one heights of people liking it, but people were like, yeah, that was an alright one. I'm going to say that this is another The Lame Awards, but I think this might be the last Lame Awards. You think so? I possibly <laughs> will see. <laughs> we'll get there. I would say it's either Midly or, or Lame Awards, because again, at the time, I get, you know, it was whatever... Like, it was a popular thing. Like, it was a cool announcement. But at the end of the day, it is just like a 32-second commercial. Like, no... I mean, I guess game... You know, it was just very basic. But I don't think it was... It wasn't, like, annoyingly awful. But I could go between either. So I either say Midley or Lame Awards. Because it's just like, okay, they showed us 30 seconds of a thing. All right. I'm voting Midley on this one. Just because it was, like, the height of this franchise and the studio and these games. Sure. And then I guess this I came will, out and everything went down to the toilet and no one liked any will, of those things anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna flip a coaster. If it comes on the side with all the stuff wait a minute, on wait a minute, it, that's it's not gonna how this go. Works. I said it's either midly or lame awards. Yeah, cozy said lame. I said midly. You know what? You know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll go with Chad no, on this one. I sure. think it's mid. Oh okay, fuck yeah! Mid then. Nice, nice, that nice, works. nice, 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 nice. That's what I was thinking. So right? no problem. And that was 2015, 2016. Uh, before they gave out gave out game of the year to Overwatch. Uh, they showed off the world's first ever extended gameplay preview of Mass Effect Andromeda, which basically amounted to like a five-ish minute trailer, a little bit more on the long side. Um, this one was really interesting because knowing in retrospect that Mass Effect Andromeda was not going to turn out very good, and knowing also that behind the scenes... Mass Effect Andromeda was like a death march towards the end, that it was like one of the more difficult games Bioware ever worked on. Aaron Flynn's speech that he gives before he introduces the trailer, Aaron Flynn being the general manager of Bioware, is like so incredibly painful to listen to. He he literally says it's been a long path to get to Andromeda, Andromeda and that quote, making games is very hard. And it's like, in the moment, if you know nothing about what's going on behind the scenes with Mass Effect Andromeda, you think to yourself, oh, he's just saying that in solidarity with game developers around the world, making games in general is very hard. But knowing that this game specifically was like especially painful to develop, it's like, oh, he is sending a cry for help right now. That said, this is what I want from a Game Awards final announcement. Yeah. Have the guy come up on stage, talk about it, show us actual gameplay. With like a hype trailer into gameplay, into the stuff we like about Mass Effect, the talking, the making choices, combat stuff. This ranks pretty highly for me. Like, again, removing what the game turned out to be in the background of it as a presentation, this is the thing I'd want to see. So I right now I'm leaning they key lead it, which is top tier. I can there's an argument for Jeff Worthy. But I think like this is what I want to see. If I want if you're gonna show me a thing at the end of the game awards, I want to see gameplay and people talking about this cool ass game that we were hyped for. Because honestly, I, I think know... you kind of oh, sorry, go, go for it, Alex. I, honestly, I think I'll just say real quick. I think you kind of sold me on it being better than perhaps I was ranking it myself. I would put this, I would put this no higher than Jeff Worthy. 
I have not played Mass Effect Andromeda, but I know the general reception of Mass Effect Andromeda. And all like knowing that right now in my 2023 brain, I saw this five minute trailer today and I was like, fuck, I want to play that game. That game looks dope. And so for that reason alone, I'm going to move it to Killed It. Like they sold me on a game I know is bad. So Adam, where is it going? Uh, They killed it then. Yeah. I like it a lot. This is what I want. Well, Again, sure talking about it. the presentation of the trailers shown at the show, not the game yeah. itself. <laughs> because Breath of the Wild would not be at the bottom and Andromeda would not be at the top <laughs> if this was any other list. Yeah. All right. Uh, and so next year, the 2017 Game Awards, just before they handed Game of the Year to Breath of the Wild, uh, we got a brand new trailer for Metro Exodus. Good trailer. Don't have a whole lot to say. Yeah. I mean, the game's beautiful. They showed like oh, yeah. a setting piece of it and there was no game. Well, not technically it was gameplay, but it just looked like cinematic at the time. But it was yeah. like in-engine stuff. Again, nothing crazy. It's just like, hey, a new Metro. It's gorgeous. Um, So I think it's good. I'm not wowed by it. So maybe Jeff Worthy is what I'm leaning at the moment. But unless someone wants to talk yeah, me into I, or out of anything. I, I'd go with that as well. Mm, I was thinking Jeff? midly, but... But I'll I'll concede Jeff Worthy. To me, yeah, it didn't show anything super interesting. Like it was it was a cool mood piece. They had some some interesting narration over top. But it was like I don't know. Metro was not already a series that everybody. It feel feels to me like Metro Exodus was like The Witcher three of that series, mm-hmm. where like the first two games, the people who played them loved them, but nobody really played them. And then everyone's like, oh, Metro Exodus. And I was like, oh fuck, what is this? I don't know. So it's very pretty. Those games are all gorgeous. Still, that is the one thing you'd say. All right. Okay, and moving on to the 2018 Game Awards. Uh, before uh, God of War 2018 won the title of Game of the Year, we got the surprise announcement of Joker coming to Super Smash Bros. Followed by a short, short little conversation between Reggie and Jeff, in which Reggie talked about how this would set the tone for Smash Bros. DLC characters to come. I mean, this one is they killed it. I don't think there's any debate about it this was an all-timer i agree i this was one smash bros was coming out that night like people were going to leave the game awards and start playing smash bros for the first time two uh it as you mentioned like it defined this is the type of thing that we're going to see from downloadable characters but then three this was a really cool and interesting in-game way to not in-game but like in the world of persona way to introduce the concept of like smash dlc characters where it starts out as something persona related like oh what is this oh hey persona 5 cool whatever and then you're like oh they got an invitation with a smash logo on it and oh they're gonna be in smash this is a smash reveal like that kind of that was hype i remember that moment very clearly that was very hype and i don't care about persona yeah the only upsetting thing about this trailer is i think that they cut out the audience audio during when they showed it so you don't hear mm. people screaming i was like there's no way people aren't fucking losing their mind right now yeah. but you don't hear it in that video i was like fuck yeah no it's absolutely uh killed it yeah it's top and, tier. and also gotta love this is something that like can be cheesy if done wrong but i think was done well with this trailer is that they directly call out and reference the game awards they're like oh, we're breaking into the game awards we're yeah. here to steal something no we're here to receive something yeah and like should they, be cheesy they but turn the lights out on jeff mid-sentence and jeff's like what's going on boom joker jump i was like that's cool <laughs> next one 
Next one, 2019. Uh, before Sekiro won Game of the Year 2019, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel of the Fast and the Furious fame came out and revealed <laughs> Fast and Furious Crossroads, the Fast and Furious tie-in spinoff video game. Here's the thing. I do not I will not accept this going below Jeff Worthy. What? Obviously, we know it's a stupid game. But the fact that they got fu- again, Fast Furious extremely popular franchise. They got fucking Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez to show up in person. And then they fucking turn on the game and Vin, I'm in the video game doing over here with the family. And again, the game itself is actually not very good, but just watching it's like yeah, cars are racing around and the people are here. I thought it was hype trailer. I- again, I don't it's not exciting. I the game very, itself is not exciting, but the very presentation well was great. remember watching this. It was great. And thinking, wow, this is awful. The presentation <laughs> itself. I remember Michelle Rodriguez walks out on stage, very awkwardly says, How's everybody doing tonight? I'm very glad to be here. I want to show you the next installment of Fast and Furious. And then she's like, where do I look? Oh, I'm supposed. To, I'm looking at the screen now. And then the trailer starts playing, and then the game looks like trashy PS3 fucking graphics and terrible, like laughable uh, Vin Diesel looking models in, the, in that game. And then afterwards, she says, "I have a very special guest, Vin Diesel," and he walks out. And he's clearly nervous as shit. the The people behind the scenes are trying to have to tell him don't bend down to talk into the microphone. And then he acknowledges that and tells that, like, oh, they're telling me not to bend down. And then you see him trying to open the envelope and his hands are like super shaky. It's like, no, this is, they are very uncomfortable. It's it is awkward wonderful. as shit. And the it's game looks terrible. I thought this was oh, a man. lame awards or lower. <laughs> and what we've not, what we've not mentioned is that after revealing this trailer, yeah, they introduced game of the year and Vin Diesel hands the game of the year award to what's his face guy behind all the from software games Miyazaki. Like that is yeah miyazaki that is incredible uh here's what i'll say here's what i'll say game looked really bad but and i'm gonna warn y'all heading into a spicy hot take right here right now i think that michelle rodriguez and vin diesel are more at home in an award show like the game awards than an al pacino I think that those oh, two yeah, clearly, clearly like have like a lot more interest in nerdy pastimes like video games. We know for a fact that Vin Diesel has played D&D in the past. And like, yes, they were a little bit nervous on stage. Yes, it was not a great game. But like when Michelle Rodriguez, when I don't remember who says it, but at one point, one of them says, oh, man, we're amongst our people here. Like, I genuinely, yeah, I buy that. I buy that, even if it was. You know how I know she was lying, though? Because immediately after she says that, she said, he and I used to play Tekken together. (laughs) She couldn't even fucking play Tekken. She never heard it out loud. Come on. She only ever read it. And I was going to say, like, how many of us, like, pronounce it like Ninja Gaiden instead of Ninja Gaiden? Like, that feels like the kind of thing that people who play these games a lot, like, if they, if she was genuinely not a fan of uh tekken if i I almost said tekken like like it's (laughs) infecting me like a disease if she was not a fan of it she wouldn't have brought it up to begin with so anyways but uh what are you thinking cozy i would give it midly just because i will come down to midly the the absurdity of the whole situation yeah 
Like, you cannot tell me watching 32 Seconds of Michonne and watching those two on stage, like, that that's below Michonne. Come on now. Yeah, I, I, it's I not, can't tell you that. I mean, you have already, according to our, you all have both voted votes, already, so it's going to where Michonne is. But yes, I can yeah. say that that was below Michonne. <laughs> I love it. I watched the Michonne trailer and was like, huh, cool. I watched the Fast and Furious entire, however long, it felt like it was a three-hour segment, even though it was probably six minutes. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, I wish I had more of my life back. Tyrese is in that trailer. Cannot be beaten. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that out of the way, we are moving on to the 2020 Game Awards. Before Game of the Year was rewarded to whoever it was that year. I can't remember. You guys remember? 2020 was... uh... No, I can't remember. Uh, Pandemic completely wiped our minds. Yeah, Pandemic was word. Wouldn't have been Doom. Wouldn't have been Animal Crossing. You know, I don't know. Like the two games that came out before everything went to hell. Anyways, before whatever won won its award that year, last week got two. right. Oh yeah, that is twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, we got a trailer for the upcoming Mass Effect, which I think we will all agree will probably be titled Mass Effect will continue because that's what it said at the end of the trailer. <laughs> Here's the thing: we're, we're returning once again to Hot Hot Take Central. I think this is actually the best one, and I think that the Galaxy and Game Awards viewing audience would agree with me that it is the best best one had they not revealed that Mass Effect would continue ahead of the Game Awards. If this had been a completely blind announcement, we didn't know anything about the future of Mass Effect, and then, boom, they come out with this trailer, this would have been incredible. But because they revealed that Mass Effect would continue a couple of months ahead of time, this reveal was undercut a little bit, but otherwise incredible trailer. I feel like I would put it in, in a Jeff worthy because yeah, as you mentioned, the trailer was great. I think this was the first time that we got acknowledgement that it will be somehow connected to the original trilogy, you know, cause she, you know, dust the snow off the N7 armor. And, um, so yeah, I think I would go Jeff worthy for that one. And weirdly enough, I we saw more of that game in this trailer than we saw this year at N7 Day with all those cryptic boot-walking GIFs. <laughs> well, no, that was a full... No, this trailer was longer, but that was a full trailer of someone walking around. It was like 10 seconds, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I personally probably say they key-lead it because, again, it is like a hype-ass fucking trailer. But Jeff Worthy's also makes sense because there's no gameplay or anything. But it was it was very cool. Be like, oh, shit, they're doing it. So, yeah, yeah, I would go... Yeah, they key-lead it. Let's go. All right. Oh? Oh? Ooh. Keely. We got Mass Effect just owning fucking Game Awards up here. Right, yeah. Uh, I just want to look up real quick. Right. Mm-hmm. So before Elden Ring won Game of the Year for 2022, uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss came on stage. Or rather, Wait, wouldn't this be 2021? Yes. Oh, shit. I completely forgot to put 2021 in my notes. Uh, real quick, real quick. Oh, no. We're trying to think of who won 2021. Oh, shit. And I definitely looked this up ahead of time. This wasn't a, a case where I literally entirely skipped over 2021. Hold on, hold on. The Game Awards. How did I miss this? I mean, you have 2022 so in there twice, so I assume you got everything else about it right. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's what happened. It takes like, two one that this I would... year. Mm. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Okay. There we go. That's what happened. I accidentally put 
2022 in there twice and one of them was actually 2021 sorry everybody we have resolved the problem before it takes two uh was awarded game of the year for 2021 uh, keanu reeves and carrie ann moss uh came on stage digitally uh to show a clip from the matrix resurrected and then reveal the matrix awakens the unreal engine 5 demo that was made available that night um this one was good it was a little disappointing that we didn't get keanu reeves in person that it was clearly just like a, a canned video that jeff was like reacting to like it was live when clearly it wasn't live um but i i still feel like keanu reeves charm managed to shine true to an extent yeah i think seeing the the two of them obviously a much better duo to watch be awkward than michelle rodriguez and vin diesel and uh <laughs> I think it's hype that we got a look at Matrix Resurrected, which we all were like looking forward to at, at that time as well. But I think the introduction of this demo, the Unreal Engine 5 performance, like this was our first look at like how amazing Unreal 5 could look outside of the Tim Sweeney presentation earlier, but like not amazing, how, how amazing it could look. And then we could get our hands on it that night. I think that was hype as hell. And it looked, I mean, it still is a really amazing piece of tech. So I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go Keely did. Put, yeah, I, I would put it at Keely. Uh, think Keely did. Oh, I would actually put this at Jeff Worthy. I, I think, I'd put it over there. I'm thinking Jeff Worthy as well, because I think it was. I love seeing Keanu. That was cool. Then you know, whenever he wakes up and it's like, oh shit, it's the game. It's not him from the movie. Mm. That was really neat. Um, but just like, I don't know. It's just a demo. It's not like a a real game announcement. A thing to get. I mean, it was cool, but that's just where I think it is. I'm not like super hyped, but I think it was really neat. Okay, I, I guess it's going to go at Jeff Worthy. Uh, Jeff Worthy. Yeah. Uh, and with that, that brings us to the final one to deal with. Uh, the true uh, Game Awards 2022 final reveal before Elden Ring won Game of the Year. Uh, we got a brand spanking new trailer for Final Fantasy 16. I remember at the time watching this and thinking to myself, man, I feel like we've gotten a lot of trailers for this game. And this one looks good. We got in a lot of trailers for this game. I watched this one, and I'm not going to lie, my entire body got covered with goosebumps, and I was like, fuck, how did this game not get into the game of the year category? Um, but I don't remember feeling that way when I saw it. Like, I remember seeing it live and being like, man, that looks like a cool game. But I don't remember being like, I have to play that game right now until I played the demo in, like, May of, of this year. Um... I thought it was a dope trailer. Lots of cool stuff. You hear what's-his-face say, Joshua. Joshua, yeah. Clive, help I would me. say if we're looking at the tiers as they are right now, like this was definitely a much more hype trailer and got me going more than Metro did. And so I would say, mm. I would say Jeff Worthy. Cozy, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, th I think I'd put it at Jeff Worthy as well. Here's the thing: if this goes in the Fast and Furious tier, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this podcast forever. No, no, no. This, this, this is better than Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, this is no, no doubt about Fast that. and Furious. I suppose so. There should be one in between those two. I just I watched the trailer. I mean, I also just don't care about Final Fantasy. It's like, yeah, there's stuff on the screen, cool. But that's also just me. But yeah, when you compare it, like, is it the same level as Walking Dead or Fast and Furious? Yeah, I guess we should put it Jeff Worthy. Yeah. Then. <laughs> All right, so to recap, 
at the keeled it tier, so the top tier of our tier maker thing, the reveals for Mass Effect Andromeda, Joker in Smash Bros, and Mass Effect will continue the game based on the movie, based on the game, based on the book by Push by Sapphire. And then the second tier, Jeff Worthy, is Metro Exodus, Matrix Awaken, Unreal Engine 5 Experience, and Final Fantasy 16. The midly tier, Walking Dead Michonne, Telltale Series, Fast and Furious Crossroads. And I did not expect this to be the lone lame award, Zelda Breath of the Wild, or at the time, the Wii U exclusive 2015 untitled Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Zelda will continue. Zelda um, will continue. Yeah. You know, assembling this list was interesting in that, like, I, I feel like our collective memory of the game awards is that they typically tend to have incredibly hype final reveals before we get to game of the year. Everybody remembers the Joker coming to Smash Bros. reveal trailer, but like going over the past nine years of game awards, it's been pretty inconsistent. Again, not all of these have been bad trailers. There's only one truly bad one, that being the Zelda one, and that was literally the first one. So it feels unfair to hold that against all the other reveals. But like, there really have not been reveals quite on that level as the Joker trailer as often as you think there have been. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, so, what an interesting little, uh, yeah, go Adam. Just what was the arc Raiders thing? Was that like two trailers before? Or like, what? I just remember that being near the end. I'm like, we're getting arc Raiders, arc Raiders? near the end of a game awards. What is that? It was a weird, like, shooter game that was near the end of these game awards it was which, not interesting do you remember which year this was the two years ago maybe two maybe years three. ago hmm. arc raiders oh yeah and it had that cool like design style with the different it was definitely i felt like it was a pandemic game awards what the hell happened to that game it's still not out Join the alpha. You can click to join the alpha whenever it... That's just one of the ones that I remember being near the end. I'm like, huh. hmm. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it was shown off at 2021. Oh, that's... Is that the one where it's like... It's like the retro-futuristic 70s-style Left for Dead game? Or am I thinking of something else? What's interesting is that this is from Embark Studios, the maker of the finals. Oh, so they did the finals instead of finishing this game. I guess so, yeah. Although, I mean, it's still listed as, like, coming, but... I'm looking at the trailer. Not the game I was thinking of. I mean, it doesn't look bad. Um, Well, I tell you what, after playing the finals, I am now more excited for Arc Raiders than I already was. Turns out I didn't realize that I was excited for the Arc Raiders because I forgot about it entirely. All right, well, that's it for Game on Game Show. That's it for episode 334 of Respawning Fire. There are some very important things to note as we are headed into... Oh, shit, balls, ass, fuck, damn, hell, bitch. There we go. We're back to normal. Oh, no. Um, There's some very important things to note. One, if you responded to our Patreon survey about receiving a special physical thing, um, that thing is getting to me this week is the estimate. Uh, There is a chance that I might be, there's a very small chance that I might be gone before the thing gets here. So it might be turned from a holiday thing to a new year thing. Um, but just know that, that, that that's coming. Um, the second, actually, you know what? If that's the case, I will send something else that was already planned to go in its place. So you will get something this December. Uh, it might not be the, all of it yet. Uh, 
Number two, um, there are two new episodes that we need to talk about for Raph Game Shows, the ex monthly exclusive Patreon series that you get access to as a member of patreon.com slash fire. Uh, the first is that if you are a patron, you now have, as of today, access to our most recent Locked and Loaded Who Wants to Be a Millionaire-inspired game show that Alex hosted, uh, where Adam and I play on the same team for the first time. Did that work in our favor? Did that work to our detriment? You'll have to find out. So that is live right now. Uh, we also have, we had guests Henry and Lady Galaga on that as well who didn't actually tell us where we can find them, et cetera, et cetera. So just like look for them across the world. They will find you. They, that's right. They said they will, they'll find you. Um, so yeah, that's available now for patrons exclusively for the rest of the year. If you are not a patron, you can now go to youtube.com slash at fire and you can view the first Locked and Loaded, which was, who do we even have on that? Oh, that was Dave. Chris Waterman. Chris yep. Waterman. Chris the Waterman. Um, Chris the Museum, the Waterman, Tim. <laughs> Chris and then Dave from Accounting. Dave from Accounting. Uh, that one is up right now as well. Very, very hard game. But um, who won that one? IDK. I was there. And I don't, I don't even remember. So uh, check that out. That is live right now for everyone. There was one more thing. This was not the thing, but kindoffunny.com slash up and comer. Go vote for Alex over there. Or go yes, submit yes, uh, a thing and see Alex there for behind the scenes stuff. Because there's like a drop down where it asks you, what, what do you want to nominate this person for? Are they like on camera or are they behind the scenes? Do the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and there's one freaking last thing that I cannot remember, but it's so very important. Game of the year, Pody Goaty. Oh, yeah, we are going to have a, a, a proper Responding Fire Game of the Year discussion, TBD, date, mm -hmm. and time with a It'll bunch come out of when really it comes fun out. family from episodes past and Christmas is past and Hanukkahs and everything past, present, future. Uh, they will all be here at some point in the coming weeks and we will release an episode there as well. And oh, here's the thing. Don't watch it yet. But find a way to watch Elf Bowling 1 plus 2. <laughs> Just maybe locate it on YouTube. Is it on YouTube? Where is it? I think it? it was on Tubi and YouTube. It's literally on those all those free shitty apps. Yeah. So it's, just find it, like add it to your queue or your up next or something like that. Keep it For there. no reason yeah. particularly. Just find, Elf Bowling 1 yeah. plus 2. Find the last blockbuster in America in Bend, Oregon and raid their entire catalog. Find every single copy of that movie you can find and just... Hoard it until the time is right, like a chipmunk hiding his nuts beneath the soil before winter. I am sure that that last blockbuster is propping its dead corpse up with the likes of Oppenheimer and Barbie, and probably not Elf Bowling 1 plus 2. <laughs> so. Oh, no, Elf Bowling 1 plus 2 is the game. What's the name of the movie? Elf Bowling Santa Drowns a Penguin or something? It is called uh, Elf Bowling. Uh, the Great North Pole Elf Strike. Great. Excellent. So, yeah, find a way to locate that and save it for later. It's going to be important uh, to be announced. That's it. 
Uh, thank you, Alex, for one, just being here in general, two, putting together that whole tier maker thing ahead of time for us and giving us links. Again, if you want to see what those Game Awards links, we're going to have those with timestamps built into the link in the description of the episode in the YouTube right now. So go check that out. Um, Alex, where can find where can folks find your new ventures that you are doing in life? Uh, you can find me over on Twitter uh, at Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. And uh, you might want to head on over to twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E, and just keep tabs on my Twitch page because you never know if something might be cooking over there. I remember what it was. The very, very important thing was go to youtube.com slash at CozyBear and watch that little girl's videos. <laughs> Damn it. Don't go there. It's not my YouTube account. That's true. That's true. Uh, she knows one fucking song and she sings it in with different words every time. And she records a new video. Anyway, that's it. My YouTube account. My YouTube account is at Cozy Bear 7231. Go to that. If you want to see my stream archives. Adam, are we back with uh, Misfit Rolls yet? No, probably in maybe like six to eight weeks. Okay. Getting close, though. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, in the meantime, go listen to all the backlog if you haven't, or else. Mm -hmm. Season one. Or, or else. series one. Whatever the fuck they call it. Perf. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, we're going to end our our very long episode this week with our usual sign-off, and that sign-off is, I gotta pee! Rock! Rock!